Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. All aboard the spacecraft of the imagination. You guys look like... What do they look like, Jimmy? Dorks. <laughs> they look like a couple of dorks. Welcome to the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. I'm a communicator. I'm a breakthrough kind of guy. And Sherry. You're just hurting yourself with this rambunctious behavior. In the palatial Bob and Sherry studios, it's Bob and Sherry. I watched a movie so terrible that it's left me confused and it has hurt my feelings because I don't understand how Liam Neeson could be in a movie this terrible. I know we all have bills and Liam's got kids. and I mean, I get it. You know, braces are expensive. This is a movie that is so painfully bad. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called Blacklight. I am begging you not to watch it. You're going to want to watch it because you're going to be flipping around and scrolling and you're going to see, oh, you're going to, it's going to happen to you. What happened to me? You're going to say to the person that you live with, you're going to go, oh, look at this. Liam Neeson plays a secret government operative who's about to blow a conspiracy wide open. How bad could this be? Yeah. Let me tell you, it's so very bad. Why? And it made me, I'll tell you what it did do for me, other than hurt my feelings that Liam Neeson could be in such an awful movie. It made me realize how very difficult it must be to make a really good movie. Because mm-hmm. this was one of the laziest, half-assed, ridiculous things. I, I didn't. I don't know any of the other actors. Like there are people where you go. I think I've seen her before. I feel like I've seen him in something. Liam Neeson mm-hmm. was the star, so mm-hmm. he plays a guy who works off the books as a secret government agent who makes sure that FBI agents that are under deep cover, if they get in trouble, he kind of deals with it. Right. Mm-hmm. He either extricates them from the situation or, I don't know, blows something up. It's one of those movies where suddenly there's a new scene and you're like, wait, how'd we get here? What? They left like 30 minutes of explanation on the cutting room floor. And it's one of those where the bad guy tells you his plans and then you leave him and go do something else. As though the bad guy wasn't going to either take vengeance on you or execute his plans. Once the bad guy tells you what his plans are, you Mm got to either get him in handcuffs or kill him. You can't go, is that your plan? We'll see about that. And then get in your Dodge Charger and drive away. Have you never seen a James Bond movie? All of the villains, when when Bond comes over for dinner, which he seemingly is always going to an evil dictator's uh, lair for dinner, he always says, and this is what I'll do with the laser to destroy the world. And that's what he tries to do. You're exactly right. These were the choices. It was this movie or another movie that starred, and I, and I'm just, we're on Amazon Prime because I'd said to Kevin, I am tired of talking about dinner and I am tired of trying to figure out something we'll both agree to watch. We're eating for dinner, whatever the hell we're eating for dinner, and we're going to have three tries. And if we can't decide in three tries, one of the three options gets watched. That's how Blacklight got picked. The other movie we looked at starred J.K. Simmons, who's amazing. He was the dad in Juno. 
And what was that other movie he was in that he won an Oscar for, Max? I know you loved oh, it. Oh, I know, I know, I know. And you know, I, I just remember he was on Law and Order, and he's also he's the voice of the so yellow good. M&M on the M&M's commercial. He's so good. Well, he's Jake. on State it's, Farm commercials. It's Yeah, he's amazing. So, right. no, no, not State Farm. Farmers, Farmers something. Farmers, farmers, that's right. Farmers, farmers commercials, that's right. He's that guy. So, so here is it. I said to Kev, oh, look, it's J.K. Simmons and Sissy Spacek. She was, she's amazing, right? Um, this couple, they live on a farm, and they there's this weird portal that they have on their property that goes to another planet. And Kev's like, I am not watching any of your spooky, haunted, extraterrestrial, paranormal stuff. To which I said, I guess you want a divorce. Is that what you're telling me? You don't want to be in this marriage anymore? Because that's all I want to watch. So I said, all right, it's this or it's Liam Neeson as a secret government agent. And he's like, it's Liam Neeson. How bad could it be? 30 minutes into the movie, 30 minutes into the movie, I was like, is there any possibility that there's a portal to another dimension in this living room that I could escape through? This is the worst freaking movie ever. Doesn't it make you so crazy when an actor that you love, a really big star, is in some piece of drack that you're like, what is this? They they do it for the money. And I'll if you want to stay with Liam Neeson, and I think he is a terrific actor and he's had a very um, tragic and yet beautiful life, as they said in Esquire magazine, losing uh, loved ones. Um, this is the same guy that did Taken 3. Right. Can I tell you a little about that? He, when his wife passed away, he kind of threw himself into work and just didn't yeah. really care. He, he just wanted the right. work to try to distract him. And I think right. that's why he made a lot of these movies. Okay. How do you, do, how do you, I think a lot of actors do this who we loved. How do you, uh, how does De Niro defend uh, Meet the Falkers 2 or, you know, or Meet the Falkers 3? I think there were three of them. You know, sometimes these Nothing. guys, they just want to pick up a buck. Who was it? Michael Caine, who said, I forget what the movie was. He said, oh, yes, I made that movie. It was just a horrible movie, but it got me a beautiful house. Well, Robert De Niro divorced poorly, and that's why he continued. Yeah. That's why he continued working. Yeah. 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 Y'all, Bob, you would be better off watching the Fockers pressure wash a driveway than watching Blacklight with Liam Neeson on that really? Prime. That's how bad it is. All right, coming up, we got more on in the news. We're going to take you down the rabbit hole with Cher and Beavis and Butthead. We have a great comedian for you, Andrea Jin, and when amusement parks were terrifying hellscapes. Big old day for you right here. It's Bob and Cher. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. It's always fun to kind of imagine what other jobs and careers you might have had you know do you have other talents or skills that got wasted maybe you dreamed of being a musician and you ended up being a nurse maybe you dreamed of being a nurse and you ended up being an accountant um i was thinking about this because there's a website that i really love that's about real estate and um, i've decided that a very good plan b would be to be a wealthy heiress or heir to an incredible fortune so on this uh, website that I like called Dirt, there was a whole section I'd never explored before called Heirs and Heiresses. And I'm here to tell you, they got some money to buy some houses. The heiress to Johnson & Johnson just dropped $17 million on a little mid-century estate in the Hollywood Hills. The heiress to Campbell's Soup bought in a brand new modern farmhouse in Los Angeles. Now, not to be outdone, the heiress to Barnes & Noble 
wants to move out of her $20 million Manhattan penthouse and is looking for someone to pick that up. Here's one. I like when heirs and heiresses do business together. The um, heiress to the Getty Oil Fortune just bought one of the Disney heirs Spanish colonial revival estate. Isn't it nice when you can do business with your friends? Here's yeah. a really here's a really fun one. Um, another Getty bought a townhouse from the inventor of the Dell computer. And here's a fun one. Um, a historic home was just sold to one of the heirs to the Gap Fortune, who has is also a billionaire. I mean, you know these people are out there. You you do. You're not a fool. You know they're out there. It's just when you see it all collected together like that, it really takes your breath away. And there's more. Like, there's way more. Like, one of the Kennedy heirs just sold his estate to his next-door neighbor because they wanted to double their property. Like you do. I mean, how many times have you said to yourself, we should buy the house next door, knock it down, and just go ahead and have that there? Um, We have um, a princess, a Saudi princess, who has put her home on the market once again. And I think she's a little bit bitter that the billionaire uh, heir to the gap fortune already snapped up the modern farmhouse down the street. Doesn't it just like blow your circuits when you see it all piled up together like that? I was thinking about that uh, not long ago. Uh, I I have bitterness uh, periods during the week that I like to just, you know, spend time with myself and my thoughts. And I think when you're talking about people like this, they never say it out loud or seldom do, but I think they all think of themselves as American royalty. <laughs> and they have it because there's something about them that is better than the vast unwashed. Well, I'm looking at the heiress to Crate and Barrel. She's a billionaire. She just paid cash for an, en- cash for an enormous estate. And the heir to the Domino Sugar Fortune just picked up something that looks like the White House in the Hamptons. There are levels of wealth here that I guess I knew existed, but I had never had it in my face like that before to that degree. Ever. Yeah. And it, and it's, uh, it's handed down and it's expected, especially if it's multi-generational. It's part of your job to make sure that the next generation gets their money it's always been kind of curious to me about that because it's like what did they do do i know that every cousin was a good kid that didn't get in any trouble or didn't hurt anybody and you know studied hard or am i you know looking to pass down 100 200 300 million dollars to a really near real near do well here's what got me i like Crate and Barrel and The Gap and Barnes and Noble, those three businesses, Crate and Barrel, The Gap, Barnes and Noble. I figured that those were some corporate invention. Mm-hmm. There's an heiress to the Crate and Barrel fortune. I There's didn't know that. There's an heir either. to The Gap. Yeah. There's an heiress to Barnes and Noble, which means she's either a Barnes or a Noble, I guess. Those are family businesses. Didn't you think they were just like made up multinational corporate things? I thought that they started as perhaps a family business or, or, you know, a business owned by one person, but eventually they were gobbled up by a corporation. I totally agree with you. You know, I mean, the, the easiest examples are the, Wal- the, Mal- uh, the Walmart family, right? The Waltons. The Waltons. The Waltons. 
Well, I saved the best for last, and I hope you're sitting down. And if you're driving, please, God, hold on to both the wheel with both hands. The world's wealthiest dog is selling Madonna's former estate in Miami for $32 million. The dog is named Gunther VI. He is a beautiful German shepherd. His net worth is half a billion dollars. Um, he inherited it from his grandfather, Gunther IV, who inherited it from Gunther III, and so on and so on. And the money originally came from a German, a German countess named Carlotta Liebenstein, who died in 1992. Gunther IV bought the house from Madonna 20 years ago. And now Gunther VI is trying to flip it for $32 million. How does that work? I, I've heard this story before. How does that work? I mean, some human being is in charge of this. Wait, the you dog, know about the, the dog is not you know about even a dog doesn't want to go to a closing. Even a dog. You know about the the um, generations of Gunthers that own all this property. We, I think we might have talked about. I don't know about the Gunthers, but we talked about that dog that owned, or maybe it was another dog. It's a different I mean, dog. Pe- it's not this. Maybe dog. it was a different dog. But but who's in charge? And eventually, who gets it? You know, he does have Gunther does have a a money management team. And and this is another one of my favorites. There's a full staff of household help that attend to Gunther. And he has a convertible um, sports car that he likes to go out and be taken for rides in. You guys, this dog is living better than any of us ever will. Are you telling me that this is not a Home Alone type of movie where two dopey burglars get the idea of kidnapping Gunther. I don't know how it hasn't been a movie yet. I don't know how. You've got the glamorous buildings. You've got an adorable dog who is left alone. You have perhaps, you know, a very nice butler who loves the dog. But you've got these two guys. You got Joe Pesci and that other guy trying to steal the dog away and hold him for rent. That's a Home Alone movie. You guys, Gunther also lives with six cats that are his friends. I can't stand it. This dog is this dog is living the best life on earth. Morons in the yeah. news. Next, it's Bob and Sherry. Are you ready? We never seem to run out. You're both morons. Morons in the news with Bob and Sherry. This week, the National Park Service officials posted an update on the Grand Canyon's official Facebook page about a woman who filmed herself hitting golf balls into the Grand Canyon, which she uploaded, of course, on TikTok. In the video, the woman also loses a grip on one of the golf clubs. And what does she do? She throws it over into the uh, bottom of the Grand Canyon. According to the update, they have found her. They're tracking her down and are deciding what charges they can bring. Quote, throwing objects over the rim of the Grand Canyon is not only illegal, but can also endanger hikers and wildlife who may be below. She was doing it not far from the entry port to where uh, hikers go. Just walked right up there, had had a few tees, a bunch of balls, and started blasting away because she thought it would be a really cool thing to do. And of course, these golf balls don't exactly disintegrate or easily. They're partially plastic. They're going to be around there forever. I'll tell you what, I think that she, I'm not saying she needs to do jail time, but she needs to get a hefty, hefty fine 
That is the most miserable thing I've heard in a, in a national park done in a long time. And things like that happen all the time. But to have the audacity in front of other people to drive golf balls into the Grand Canyon is inexcusable. Like, that is... that. This land is your land. This land is my land. Like, yeah. we own the National Park. We own the Grand right. Canyon. That's right. yours. Like, why don't you have any love for it? My I know. God. I know you want what a hole-in-one, but that's not the way to get it. Do you know how many people have seen the Grand Canyon on their bucket list and how many of them will never make it there? And you go right. there and you just trash it? Shame. You're down there hiking right, and here come golf balls. Yeah, go. Let's go to today's moron of the day. It's Vladimir Putin. The joke's on him. So this happened with a crew of um, a U.S. military plane, an American KC-135 Stratotanker refueling aircraft. I don't know about y'all, but anytime like Kev has on the military channel or the history channel or whatever, and they have footage of those airplanes getting fighter jets getting refueled in midair. Are you not it's amazing. It's amazed amazing. by that? The fighter jet comes alongside this enormous fuel tanker and this long hose nozzle reaches out and they connect and they refuel in midair. Well, mm-hmm. this is exactly what happened the other day east of Cyprus. And it took about two hours for the aircrafts to re- the aircraft to refuel. And it was right in front of a Syrian um, military base. And of course, it's right near another air base that belongs to Russia, pretty much almost in Russian airspace. After the planes refueled, they drew a large penis in the sky, which would show up on Russian radar tracking as a giant penis doodle of the kind you haven't seen since middle school on a notebook. Oh, my word. And that's how... That's how you punk a dictator. We'll get that posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. Coming up, we're going to take you down the rabbit hole with the one and only Cher. Ooh, we have a great comedian for you today, Andrea Jin. It's always middle school, isn't it? It's just always always middle school. school. It always goes Although apparently it's not fair to say that it's middle school. These are fighter pilots doing penis doodles in the sky over Russian Air Force bases. It's Bob and Sherry. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. It's the motto of the United States of America. With all the political wrangling of our sometimes messy democratic system of government, there is one thing that we can agree on. We are Americans. Except Native Americans, we all came from somewhere else, be it Europe or Asia or Africa or South America. We all came here and have the opportunity for something better. And despite our flaws as a country, in America, you still have the freedom to dream. And though we may look different, we have one thread in common, the thread that holds us together. We are Americans. Out of many, one. E pluribus unum. Thanks for listening to Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry Books, Swag, and the Mother of All Mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. You know, when I was a kid, I'd mentioned this before, I think I never had more than one pair of shoes or one pair of sneakers at any given time. So I've been looking at shoes online and shoe companies have said, oh, this dude wants shoes. Let's send him some emails. 
And I got one from a company, and I've, I've looked into this, called Samuel Hubbard. And they make very, very good shoes, and they're very expensive. Like a pair of their walking city slash sneaker shoes, they're like $275 per pair. And that's a lot. And you can't even, you know, you're gonna, I'm going to buy them over online, and I can't even try them on. Suppose I don't like the way they feel or something. Now I got to send them back and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I got another ad from them today. And here's what it has a picture of their new, uh, it's like a winter boot. Good looking boot. Very nice looking boot. And it says, you deserve only the best. And I. Yeah, I don't feel that way about myself. I don't know about you. You know, I, I didn't either. <laughs> I don't feel that way. I said, you don't know me. I don't know. I don't, what have I done to deserve Zelensky? Okay. Okay. President Zelensky of Ukraine, he deserves the best for what he's done. Okay. And needs good warm boots. You it don't need them. the best and you no. don't need those boots. No. But it's not so much, even if I did need them, do I deserve the best? And you see this, this phrase is all over the place in American advertising. You see it on television ads. I've heard it on radio ads. You see it in magazines all the time. You deserve the best. Well, I mean, suppose you're like, you know, a serial killer and you open that up. You don't deserve, you deserve the electric chair. And yet you're looking at that and you're saying, yeah, I deserve the best. I think that's part of what's wrong with our society today. We all think we deserve the best. And so we end up, you know, we go in and we say, oh, look at that car. We, you can't afford that car. That car is $80,000. But the ad said, I deserve the best. As a matter of fact, there are ca- air, uh, car ads that say you deserve the best. So you're going to spend $80,000. You're knocking down forty dollars a year working for Western Auto. No, that's not going to help you down the road. I don't know if it's Catholic school, being a Capricorn. I don't know what it is. But when I hear the phrase, you deserve, my mind fills in suffering. <laughs> the best. You better hope you don't get what you deserve. That's what my yeah. mind says. You don't, yeah. you don't deserve the best. You don't deserve, right. what'd you say? There were $235 shoes. You don't deserve that. Two, what, 275. You, what you deserve is suffering. <laughs> is yeah. Is that a Fatima sort of thing? Is does that go I back to Fatima where you're you're getting on your knees and and uh and 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 walking for uh you know 25 miles? It's karmic- I, I think go ahead, Max. It's I think karmically. it's more about being a Capricorn. I don't know. I feel like karmically it's asking for trouble. This is what I deserve. And it's just like the universe is going, yeah. okay. Oh yeah. Here you go. Well, I got what you deserve. I got what you deserve right here, buddy. Yeah, I know. I can't tell you the last time I did something because I said to myself, girl, you deserve this. I I right. can't even think. Can you think of the last time you did something I, or I have something. something for yourself? I have. I have it. Um, I, I am now ordering online because our local supermarket ran out of them. The Kitty Litter Wonder Box, which is $2.75 each, and I get like five of them from Chewy, uh, delivered every few weeks. And this is a a biodegradable uh, litter box. And the litter box um, is $2.75. So it's not cheap. But I got to tell you, when I got in that garage in the morning and have to face that, after all these years of working, 
and it's not even my cat. I deserve the wonder well, good box. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. I don't feel I deserve that. My elderly blind, you don't deaf, think you deserve a wonder do- box? No. My crazy dog is now incontinent in other ways, and I can only get a diaper on one end. I begin and end every day dealing with his excrement, and I feel I deserve that. <laughs> I don't feel like I oh deserve. Oh my god. I don't deserve um, to- a tropical vacation, a magical litter box, luxury boots. Oh. I deserve to be down on my hands and knees, chiseling away at my senile canine's waste. That's what I deserve. Hey Max, I'm thinking I'm thinking sainthood here. What do you think? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I think yeah, it's I'm, close. I'm it's getting sanitarium close. here is what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bob and Sherry. Have you ever wondered what to do if you're in an abusive, narcissistic relationship or need tips on how to spice up your sex life or maybe how to not fall in the trap of being a mom martyr or perfectionist or you just want tips on how to get your picky kids to eat? Whatever the reason you were there, you are welcome. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, your confidant and host of the Parentologist Podcast. Please join me for your weekly dose of expert level advice and resources from me and my guests in a relatable, easy to digest way. Find the Parentologist Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Who doesn't enjoy a little scandal, intrigue, and saliciousness? I know I do. Restless Shores, a podcast soap opera that will scratch your itch. Grab a cup or glass of your favorite beverage and take a break from your day-to-day. After all, what other podcast drama has more clones and psychics than necessary? Find Restless Shores wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. Oh, well, this is odd. Decidedly odd. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called The Oddcast with stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast drops every Monday and Wednesday on the Bob and Sherry website and the free Bob and Sherry app. I listen to you on the way to work and the Oddcast on the way home from work every day. I love it. Aren't you sweet? Thank you. The off-air Bob and Sherry podcast called The Oddcast. Download it now at bobandsherry.com with the free Bob and Sherry app or wherever you get your podcasts. Ways to get in touch with the Bob and Sherry Show. Stick your head out a window and yell, Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry! Get the Bob and Sherry free app for your phone and leave us a talkback message. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Email us through the Bob and Sherry website, bobandsherry.com, or email us hello at bobandsherry.com. Or you can call us at 833-4244-BOB or 844-52-SHERRY. Hello, Bob and Sherry. Leave us a DM on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. Or you can just kick it old school and yell out the window. Hey! Bob and Sherry! Bob and Sherry, go. In these troubled times, Americans need to protect our national treasures. I'm talking about Dolly Parton and Cher. I don't know how many of you are following this, but Cher showed up on the Beavis and Butthead show and sang with them. Cher is otherworldly. I don't even know like how old she is or what she's got going on, 
but she is so amazing and she has such a great sense of humor. And here she is basically poking fun at herself with Beavis and Butthead. like the original recording like she was actually no. singing that she's she amazing. was singing it she's got she's really got great pipes she always had great pipes i mean she was a backup singer i think she was one of the backup singers on you lost that love and feeling she was a specter backup singer that that song i got you babe i mean people always thought that is the fluffiest just kind of you know that's a great little song 
when you just think about it, that is a great little song that she and Sonny did. Yeah. It, it holds hold up. That's right. And she, you can tell she was having a good time doing the Beavis and Butthead thing. All right, we'll get that posted up on the Bob and Cherry Facebook so you can have a look and share it. It's Bob and Cherry. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. It's the motto of the United States of America. With all the political wrangling of our sometimes messy democratic system of government, there is one thing that we can agree on. We are Americans. Except Native Americans, we all came from somewhere else, be it Europe or Asia or Africa or South America. We all came here and have the opportunity for something better. And despite our flaws as a country, in America, you still have the freedom to dream. And though we may look different, we have one thread in common. The thread that holds us together. We are Americans. Out of many, one. E pluribus unum. Thanks for listening to Bob and Sherry. The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to bobandsherry.com. I saw an ad the other day on TV, and I don't know, I can't remember what it was for, but it was uh, a lot of uh, young people, probably in their early 20s, I guess, and it appeared to be the weekend, and everybody was dressed up in crazy clothing, and they were going to this wild club. Lights were flashing. The music was incredibly loud. There was a great DJ up there, bodies crashing into each other, and I thought, I just don't think I could do I don't want to do that. You know, I only, I think, I think I only actually was in that situation maybe three times in my whole, well, no more than that. Let's say a dozen times. And even when I was 21, I I just, it wasn't my thing. It just wasn't my thing. I sometimes think of myself almost um, like Charlie Watts, the, the late drummer for the Rolling Stones. The other Stones used to say, Charlie was born 50 and he never aged. Um, I, I, I stopped at this, at this post. Things that we enjoy once we're out of our uh, early 20s and, um, and getting, getting a little bit older. I'm just going to run them down, see if you agree. Um, spending time alone with myself. I have to admit, I, I don't mind that at all. I, I kind of did like you it. Used to, did you used to not like it? Um, I, I never felt like, um, oh, I'm spending time alone, you know this is wrong. This is kind of weird or something. No, I, I was always good being alone. I could travel alone. That wasn't a problem. But, you know, I, I think I was just into seeing what everybody's, what everybody's going, going to do, what they're up to. Now, after years of knowing these people, I know what they're up to and I'd rather be alone sometimes. That's <laughs> <laughs> what that comes down to. Um, staying at home on weekends or just going to a friend's house for a couple of beers Instead of uh, a long dinner party or going out clubbing. When we get oh, invited yeah. out, I, I like it because Mary is very sociable. And once in a while, I mean, she's got so many new friends and everything. And they're all, they're all very nice. But once in a while, we'll get invited as the couple that's going to kind of bring a little energy to whatever it is. We were at this one party with some out-of-town friends, one of our, uh, her friends. And these people were just, one of them was just a pill. And I thought that the evening would never end. But when we're invited out for a cocktail to somebody's house, you know what that says to me? I can keep this thing going for about 90 minutes with no problem and look like a hero when I leave. You know what? This is how you know 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 you're an introvert. Now, listen to me. I'm being serious. 
This yeah. is how you know you're an introvert. When someone invites you to a party and you say to yourself, I can endure this, as though you're getting your wisdom teeth taken out. I can it's endure true. this, and then I'll be a rock star when it's over. That it's is, true. if you ever wondered, am I an introvert? That is how an introvert thinks. Because I, I yeah. know, I do the same thing. I'll, I'll say to myself, um, it, it won't last forever. Nothing does. Right. It'll be over. It's right. supposed to be fun. It's like what other people I think know. of as fun. But are other people just liars? No, Is that what no. these people are? Are they liars? No. Some of these people are extroverts who really are energized by these kinds of things. And they don't ever, ever, ever get an invitation to a party and think to themselves, how long can this last? I can get through it. <laughs> it's just not how they operate. Who raised these people? It's anyway, strange, uh, isn't let's it? let's move along to things as we as we get a little bit older. Uh, these are things that we really like. Um, comfy quality socks. I'm not going to argue with that one. Uh, I think that that's true. A new dish scrubber. Well, I mean, that's not one I've ever gotten real. You know, jacked up about them. No, not nice. jacked up. No, I. Some of Whoa, these are, we got you know, us a sponge. <laughs> some of these are new. <laughs> oh my God. Kev, girls, come here. I got us a sponge. But you know, when I found, when I discovered Barkeeper's Friend was still available as a product and I could get grease off of one of the uh, pans that Mary left for two days hardening. Tell you what, that was an exciting moment for me. This is definitely um, you. I remember when yeah. Dawn came out with Dawn Dish Spray, and you were on oh, the air yeah. like the next day going, there's a new product that I can't wait to get my hands on. It's Dawn Dish Spray. I mean, you were genuinely, authentically excited about that. It's an amazing product. <laughs> and, you, and you know what else is an amazing product? Uh, those uh, M- Mr. Clean... Uh, Scrubber magic wipes, erasers? That, magic eraser. Magic do, do you know that I read about magic eraser? This is great morning drive material here. Um, <laughs> magic, magic eraser. That that's not like regular soap with magic eraser. Magic eraser has a chemical compound in it that actually is scraping the uh, the mar off. It's, it's molecules. They don't fuzz up and make the, uh, the mark like looser and then you wipe it off. It actually scrapes it off. Okay, magic eraser information. Good job. Not many people uh, are bringing that this morning. Uh, these are things that we love as we get older. Bourbon. My grandpa was a bourbon drinker when I was a kid, this person said, and I thought it was the nastiest smelling thing on earth. Now it just smells delicious. Yeah, brown liquor. Brown liquor is definitely something you have to. Of course, there's probably a nine-year-old out there that's like, yeah, I drink brown liquor now. But I think that's something you have to be an adult to appreciate. I think so. Quiet time. There's something beautiful about just sitting in silence for a while. Not much of that around the house here. Although, you know, Mary is very talkative, but sometimes... It's just so endearing. Do you know what she did yesterday? And I'm going to ask her to do it almost every day. I'm just sitting there watching TV. I don't even care what's on. I'm not in a real good mood. And she comes in and following right behind her is Finn. 
and she starts swinging her arms going, the parade goes on, parade goes on. And he is following her like he's part of the parade. And she goes out of the room I'm in through the kitchen and around and comes back through. Parade goes on, parade. By the time she did it four times, I'm in hysterics. Now, that's not quiet time, but I got a good laugh out of it. It's what you have to put up with if you are with a person that just <laughs> can't shut up. See, what I love here is a party has to be endured. Your extroverted partner has to be put up with. That's how you know you're an introvert. That's how you know. Right. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Let's do it. Time for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Andrea Jin. Hi, everyone. Hi. I I immigrated here from China. Is that okay? <laughs> yeah. Are you feeling okay? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. I'm not leaving, so... <laughs> I got in, yeah. I, I, when I first moved here, I was 10 years old, and there was a lot of pressure on me to like the Disney princess Mulan, you know? <laughs> That's okay, but I didn't like her very much. Uh, secretly, my favorite princess was actually Sleeping Beauty, uh, because she was asleep for that whole movie. <laughs> And when she woke up, she had a castle and money. Like, that's magical. Well, I had to cut her hair off with a sword and then fight a war. Uh, that's not what I immigrated here for. I just wanted to hang out, that's it. <laughs> Also, Mulan's story was just so close to all the Asian stories that I heard in China already. You know, she wasn't saying anything different. It was all like, oh, you have to work hard. You have to honor your country and be awake as much as possible. <laughs> so Sleeping Beauty was like a feminist icon in China. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm bisexual, uh, which is... <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I, I do a lot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's something I rejected as a part of myself for a long time, though, because of my, my culture. Uh, I feel like Asian people are a very repressed people. That's why our food tastes so good. Because you know? <laughs> it's just generations of people like pushing it, like Asian people pushing it down, right? Like not letting their feelings out because that's how you seal in the flavor. <laughs> that's how you put soup into dumplings, okay? <laughs> also, if you're always making like a 48-hour beef noodle soup, there's basically no time to be like, Wait, am I gay? <laughs> yeah, that's Asian gay conversion therapy, right? It's getting a crock pot, you know? <laughs> I lived with my grandparents for a really long time, and they do this thing where they always have to have like 30 to 40 bags of rice at home. I don't know where that comes from, uh, like, having grandparents is kind of like when you get a rescue dog. Like, you don't know what happened to them before they got to you. 
why are you growling at the TV, you know? <laughs> and they hoard, so they hoard rice, and it's not the little bags that you guys like to get when you're like, oh, let's change things up for dinner tonight. Oh, let's, let's make some sushi with carrots in it. Oh. <laughs> That's you guys, right? <laughs> No, it's like the big, it's the bulk ones, right? It's made of cloth, like someone sewed it together while crying, right? <laughs> and we go to Costco for these bags of rice. And uh, do you guys know that saying, like, don't go to the grocery store on an empty stomach? Yeah, because you end up buying too much, right? We have a similar saying where I'm from. It goes like this. It's, uh, don't go to the bulk food store if you've ever had a communist dictator. <laughs> Because you buy too much. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a real problem at the end of the Costco trip, right? Like my grandpa and I are like standing in the parking lot with the trunks open. We can't fit everything we bought into the car, right? We're looking at each other. We're like, what? what? You know, what do we do? And we said this to each other. We were like, what if we left grandma here? Is that <laughs> That'll fit, right? That's <laughs> My grandma's like in the circle, you know, she's listening, right? She's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah leave me here, obviously. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's because if we leave rice there, like someone's going to take it, you know? But if we leave my grandma there, no one's going to take her. Because <laughs> she's a burden. <laughs> Comedian Andrea Jin. She blew up on TikTok, and that was her uh, TV debut that you just heard. We'll get that posted up at B O B A N D S H E R I dot com. This is Bob and Sherry. Hey, you can upgrade your mixology game with Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend, just go to bobandsherry.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And hit the contest tab. And hit the contest tab. And it's the perfect holiday gift. Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes with Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. Sherry, 51% of the people listening to us right now think the day is not long enough. The day needs to be four hours longer because um, yeah, we, can't get in, we can't get everything done that we have to get done. I, well, I would like the day to be four hours longer so that I could have four hours to not do things that need to be done. I'd like those four hours to be leisure time. How about you? Definitely. Um, on a typical day, according to this, we have a host of must-finish tasks, and they include cooking dinner, cleaning up after dinner, cleaning the house, if you have kids still in the house, helping them with homework, and then the list goes on and on, depending on your lifestyle. Like, I thought that perhaps now that we don't have any kids in our life on a daily basis, that we would just be, once I finish work, once she finishes work, you know, just kind of relaxing and taking it easy. And, <laughs> you know, I, Mary, I'm going to put thought? my legs up on the chaise lounge for a while and have a lemonade. 
You know, and that has not been the case. I don't know why I didn't just, I don't know why we didn't sell the house and buy some sort of a condo in a high rise where I have nothing to do with keeping up the yard. And I don't know why I keep buying these houses that are surrounded by trees. I'm the man who loves trees too much. There's always, there's always leaves with these trees. I'm starting to feel like your aunt. What did she say about trees? There's nothing filthier than a tree. (laughs) She's right. And they're all they're in my gutters. I got to get up on the ladder to clean the gutters out. And then, of course, I have to make sure that Mary doesn't see me because then she'll report me to Landon, who has told me not to get up on a ladder to promise her I'd never be on a ladder the rest of her life because one of her one of her girlfriend's father fell off a ladder and something horrible happened to him. So I don't know. I just I just thought it would be a little bit easier. It's always something. Um, I. I have to say that one good thing about both my girls being off at school is I can actually um, do things in my house that were hard to do when they were here. And that is like organize and clean and get rid of things. Because what would end up happening is, and I've been doing like big projects around here, like really big projects. I would would get a box and I would tear it out and like, all right, let's go through this and see what we're going to keep. And girls, do you want your journal from fourth grade? And then what would happen is my daughter would do a dramatic reading of her fourth grade journal and we'd be on the floor crying with laughter. And then I would just put the box back in the closet and leave it for another three years. So That's now sweet, I'm though. finally, I'm finally able to, and it's hard for me to get rid of anything. Cause I'm so sentimental, but I'm mm-hmm. finally able to start trashing stuff. Like this was bold. I got rid of uh, a half-filled social studies notebook from third grade for one of my kids. There was nothing in there that was like keepsake worthy. It was literally a half a notebook that was half-filled with social study notes from third grade. Olivia's in college now. I was mm-hmm. able to get rid of that. I shredded. I went into my husband's pile of stuff, and I shredded some papers that he had from like 2013. And he came in while I was doing that. He goes, woman, what are you doing? said, I am shredding these old bank statements that are nine years old. And he goes, you, sh- you shouldn't do that. What, what if I need them? I was like, eight <laughs> seconds ago, you didn't know you had them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so eight true. Eight seconds ago, you literally didn't know these things even existed in this house. Like eight seconds yeah. ago, someone could have come in here in a scream mask, pointed a butcher knife at you and said, go get your 2013 bank statements, Kevin, or I'm going to kill you. And you would have died because you didn't even know you had your 2013 bank statements. He backed slowly out of the room after that. And I just kept shredding. So that is the one good thing, but I would like four more hours in the day to not work and to not like jump on a a quick call or just answer an email. Like I would like that time. That -hmm. would be fun. Yeah, I think people, for some reason, are just uh, really just worn out. And I don't know if it's because a lot of folks are working two jobs it's or, exactly you know, you're raising, you're raising kids. And I mean, I can remember how that all, all went down. But I just figured at this point, this, this is what I've been working for, right? This is what I've been working for. And it, it doesn't turn out that way. It only turns out that way for the wives of hedge fund managers or the husbands you, of hedge you fund just managers. have to accept you just have to accept unless you were born into wealth or made a ton of money and can hire people to do stuff that you're going to get up every day 
You can do a bunch of stuff that sucks. You're going to go to a job that hopefully you don't hate too much. Then you're going to come home and clean up a bunch of stuff that you cleaned up yesterday. Then you're going to fall asleep in front of the TV. Then you're going to do that again tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. And the less time you spend feeling sorry for yourself because some hedge fund biatch in Long Island has a maid to do all of that, the better. Because you don't got no maid. And you don't got no mansion on Long Island. And you don't know what a hedge fund is. In fact, the closest, Bob, that you know about a hedge fund is a hedge outside that needs some <laughs> funds to get it trimmed. Yeah, that's that exactly right. That you that's so true. That's so true. Accept your fate. Take your beating. I promise you, you'll be happier. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, it's Sherry here. Just saying a giant thank you to everyone who reaches out and contacts the show. We try to read every email, every DM, every text. We do miss some, um, and I apologize for that. If you would like to be on the show, or if something really wild has happened in your life and you'd like to be on the podcast, you can reach us at hello at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I. Hello at bobandsherry.com. That's usually the most direct way, but however you reach out, thank you, and thank you for listening. The Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram, you know, that's how your mom describes them. We're on all of them, and we would love to have you come hang out with us on any of our social media. Hit up our Facebook for stuff you hear every day on the show. Talk to us on Twitter. Shoot us a message on Instagram. We want to hear from you, and we want to follow you back. Plus, it's always Catterday right around the corner, and we're looking at your pics. That's Bob and Sherry on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Sign up for our newsletter, and you can could win a $50 Visa gift card. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hey, Bob and Sherry. Hi, Bob and Sherry. You may not know that we have an app, although I feel like we constantly scream it at you all the time. If you go to Google Play or the Apple App Store, the Bob and Sherry app is absolutely free, and it does all sorts of cool stuff. You can listen to our podcast and our podcast that way. You can talk back to the show. You can text to win all sorts of neat stuff. It's just a cool thing, and it's absolutely free. It's the Bob and Sherry app in the App Store and free on Google Play. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. This is super uh, creepy and worrisome and unsettling. A tech company got together with um, a 3D designer and a team of experts, you know, medical people, scientists and all, to try to guess what the human being of the future would look like in the year 3000, like what will the person of the future look like based on how we live today? So they, they made um, a future woman named Mindy. This is the year 3000. And buddy, it is scary. She has um, a hunchback. Her neck is much thicker because, you know, we're looking down at screens all the time and not just on our phones because we're too lazy to talk to people. A lot of us have jobs that require that. So she's hunched. The neck is a lot thicker. Her thumb on her dominant hand is much larger and more pronounced. They call it a thumb claw. Um, her elbow bent stays bent at 90 degrees. The skull is much thicker than it is now. The brain is smaller. And because of all of the time spent looking at screens, there's a second eyelid kind of like lizards have. It's, I'll post this up on our Facebook. It's real, real scary. I've and, seen the they, photo. 
Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. What What was the date on that, Sherry, that they predicted uh, a person the would year look three, like that? The year 3000. Yeah. 3000. Yeah. And um, the, the extra um, eyelid is t- because the eyes, our eyes are so dried out from looking at screens. And um, the the average skin tone will be kind of weirdly yellowish because of all the artificial lighting that we sit in. It's real. It's you've seen the picture, so you know it's it's a little bit like horror movie scary. We think it is. Yeah, it's not an attractive look. Um, the the hunchback thing with uh, the uh, stooped over shoulders was uh, the most disturbing for me because I mean. You're, you're messing with your skeleton. The only thing that I started to call BS on is that if this really started to become, actually it has, uh, but if it continues to get worse and worse and worse, wouldn't you think somewhere along the way humanity would find some way by listening to the medical community to say, okay, you can't keep dropping your head like that. I mean, already oh, I we think- know right now that it's it, it's like I, I'll, I'll get this wrong pound wise, but not probably by much. When you put your head down to look at a screen, whether it's your phone or an iPad or whatever, it's like 20 pounds that you're putting down on your neck. And that is not good. I mean, wouldn't somebody say we can't do this anymore? Sure, because that's what human beings historically have done. Like as soon as we found out that tobacco was causing cancer, like we immediately stopped using it. Um, ditto for recreational drugs. People have not been promiscuous ever since they figured out what gonorrhea was. I mean, all right, once all right. you explain, war. throw in war. Once, once you explain to human beings that some of their behavior is causing them problems, they usually co- immediately course correct. I yeah, think but people we're all are so vain. Hunchbacks people, with claw thumbs. I really. People do. are so vain, though. People are so vain. Nobody wants to look like that. You know, I mean, if you're spending all this money on uh, creams for your face, which let's face it, there's not a lot of proven uh, medical science behind a lot of them. Why would you not say, okay, you know, I just read in Cosmo that if I don't if I don't sit up straight, I'm going to not look like a runway model at all. I'm going to look like a bowling ball. Let me explain it in another way. Um, This is the human being of the year 3000. So it's going to be really hard to get people to care about what the human being in the year 3000 is going to look like. Because if human beings could think that way, we wouldn't be trashing the environment right now. That is true. That is that is very, very true. It, except the environment is one of these things where, yeah, yeah, the environment, you know, it, it, I, do I really believe that? I don't know if I really believe it. And now, of course, it's right in our face and people start to believe it. But when it comes to what you look like on Saturday night, mm, I don't know. There's an awful lot of gym rats out there. Let me pick one of my daughters and go, your descendants in, what is this, the year 2022? So your descendants in 78 years are going to have thick necks, hunchbacked, an extra eyelid, and a claw thumb if you don't get off TikTok. And my daughter will say, oh my God, mom, seriously? And then she'll go right back to scrolling Right back to it. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I think you're probably right, and it's a, it's a scary thing. Uh, if if you folks want to go see that picture, you will take one gonna, look at it and go, whoa. I'm going to post it on our Facebook. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a guess, right? I mean, it's a guess based on sure. things that we already know, but it's definitely mm-hmm. a guess. And there are probably a lot of people that are like, look, you know, things change. Okay, so the people of the future are going to have thicker necks. 
big deal. Most people are not going to change their behavior for something that might happen long after they're gone. I have. I went out and I went that. to Bed Bath & Beyond and I found this little product that uh, I can put my iPad on and it's uh, it's I can sit up straight and I don't have to look down. And I did it specifically so I wouldn't hurt my neck and uh, get stooped over. So we can do it if we want to. I'll put it on Facebook. It's Bob and Sherry. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. It's the motto of the United States of America. With all the political wrangling of our sometimes messy democratic system of government, there is one thing that we can agree on. We are Americans. Except Native Americans, we all came from somewhere else, be it Europe or Asia or Africa or South America. We all came here and have the opportunity for something better. And despite our flaws as a country, in America, you still have the freedom to dream. And though we may look different, we have one thread in common, the thread that holds us together. We are Americans. Out of many, one. E pluribus unum. Thanks for listening to Bob and Sherry. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Sherry app. Unlike a lot of radio shows, the Bob and Sherry show is not a show that plays pranks. We don't even like pranks played on us when we're not on the air, let alone pranks on our listeners, you know, jerking them around. Like there was this thing years and years ago, a couple of uh, yahoos would get on the radio and it went all over the America. You'd always have this one zoo show that would say, hey, Doc is on Independence Boulevard right now. Nate is walking naked. And then all these people would drive in and rather than go to work, they drive over to Independence Boulevard to see Doc walking naked and he's walking a dog. And his dog's name is Naked. So he's walking, you know, you just joke. We just don't do that. We respect the audience too much. So I've, I've got a bunch of pranks that people uh, have come up with. And they're not all that mean, but they could be annoying. And I'm going to read some of them. And then I want you to tell me which one of these pranks you might consider doing to someone. Not on the air, but to someone that you know. Here's the first one. My grandpa does this thing where he stops in a busy street and start staring into the sky as if he's seen something amazing. It does not take long for other people to stop and stare up there too. And once he reaches critical mass, he quietly slips away, chuckling at them. All right. So there's the first one. The second one is you can buy a set of uh, uh, posters, a little, little uh, stickers that say voice activated or motion activated and put them on different things. Like you could put them on a uh, Keurig coffee machine, voice activated. And then you just kind of stand around for a while near the coffee area and you see somebody comes up and says, uh, decaf, decaf, and you know, nothing. I, I'm not a prankster, but I already know this is my prank. This one right here. That one? You won't top it. Yeah. There's nothing else you'll have sure that I want to do more. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. My grandpa glued a quarter to his driveway near the sidewalk and he sits in his living room and watches people try to pick it up. I didn't know this until I found a quarter in the driveway one time. Um, he just sits there and he watches people try to get the quarter. You know, retirement. I don't know if it's what it's cracked up to be. Um, I know there I order- are too many streaming services, but maybe get one. 
Maybe get one. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be awful if we decided to pack it in and I end up just so bored that I have glued a quarter to the end of my driveway and I sit with Finn and watch people's reactions. I've never when they been struggled. that bored. The thing that amazes me about this, people are walking, they're looking at their phones, they're looking, listening to something, looking off into space. The fact that anybody is seeing that quarter and bending down to get it is what surprises me. Yeah. This person says, when I order coffee, like at Starbucks and they ask for the name, I say green, like the sky. And just look for their uh, reaction. Uh, This is one that um, is a bit daring. When someone knocks on a outhouse, that I'm using, you know, a, a portage on that I'm using, uh, knocks on the door. I respond with, come on in. <laughs> Actually, I think that's kind of funny. Um, when I'm in an elevator with strangers, I casually look down and say, oh, wow, they did a good job getting the blood out. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, driving, I like to wave at random people as if I knew them. Hilarious to see instant confusion on their faces. You know, that would get me. If I'm out there and all of a sudden somebody's waving at me, I am assuming they're a Bob and Sherry listener. And this person, all they're doing is jerking me around. They don't know anybody. Um, Hide something around the house. My weapon of choice is tiny rubber ducks. Open a drawer, duck. Need a spoon, duck. Lovely picture on their wedding with a nice frame, duck on the top. Changing a box, duck. Bubble bath, duck. Seldom use shoes, duck. Winter coat pocket they won't use for months, duck. That's why I do like hiding something in a coat pocket that they're not going to use for months. I like anything that has a long payout. Yeah, yeah, and that definitely does. At work, give them a wild you were out note saying a Mr. Fox called, and then write the number of your local zoo. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know about hello I'm calling for Mr. Fox that's actually kind of funny you know hello you know Main Street Zoo is Mr. Fox <laughs> that's actually kind of funny whenever I visit my extended family across the country I bring a bag full of random remotes that I don't use anymore just random remotes that go to old DVRs or anything really and I just hide them around their house They only recently caught on. And finally, when at work, tell someone, I'm going to the bathroom. You need anything? I kind (laughs) of like that one. I like that one, too. (laughs) You're going to stick with the one you chose? Yep. I knew it. I knew as soon as I heard it that putting a voice-activated sticker on like a curd, that was me. Yeah, that's yours. Okay. This is Bob and Sherry. You read it once. don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this. I cannot believe this. I cannot believe this. I was reading an article about old time amusement parks, and one of the um, the earliest roller coasters were these things called ice slides that were in Russia back in the 1500s, and mm-hmm. they were made of wood and ice. And you would climb up this really tall set of rickety stairs. And then you would sit on a block of ice and they would push you down the hill 
and you would just go flying down the hill. And <laughs> and you didn't stay. By the way, it was very difficult to stay on track on the ice block. People were getting like blunt force head trauma right and left, just ricocheting <laughs> off into the woods. <laughs> I bet. And it, it didn't get a lot better. Um, back in the day, Coney Island had something called the Rough Riders Roller Coaster. And it was like a tribute to Theodore Roosevelt and the Rough Riders, the soldiers who fought in the Spanish-American War. But the mm-hmm. roller coaster was basically as dangerous as going to war. Um, there was one accident where the coaster got going and it, it broke its own speed limit. And 16 people went flying out of it. Four fatalities. And another one... The Rough Rider coaster was rocketing along at full speed when it jumped the track. Three more fatalities. One woman survived that one. She was dangling from the wooden rail with one hand and clutching her child with the other and survived this horrific roller coaster accident. Then Coney Island decided that they would make the first um, loop-to-loop roller coaster. This was called the Flip Flap in 1890. Now, I know the people of 1890 didn't realize they were the people of 1890, but people of 1890, you should not be trying to go on upside-down roller coasters. The technology isn't there yet. Here's what happened to that one. Because the the loop was completely round, unlike the more oval loops that you see on modern roller coasters, Mm -hmm. the riders were under extreme G-forces. Many of them were knocked unconscious. The G-forces on the flip-flap roller coaster were estimated at 12. Fighter pilots usually experience G-forces of seven. So I want you to think about that. <clears throat> the New York newspapers at the time called the flip-flap the unholy terror of the beach. And then, <laughs> listen to this, also at Coney Island, um, this was in the 1920s. They had this thing called the blowhole theater. And... This was like, you didn't opt into this. These were just customers at Coney Park who didn't know what this particular stretch of platform sidewalk was. Underneath this platform were machines that blasted big gusts of air through the blowholes. And it would Mm -hmm. lift up women's dresses because all women wore dresses then and expose Mm -hmm. their bodies and their underwear for onlookers. And there were hundreds of seats around this unmarked attraction so that perverts could basically camp out <clears throat> and look at women's underwear all day. And what? then, and then, and then the, the women who had their dresses blown up would be accosted by these very aggressive small clowns that had basically <laughs> like electrically charged pokers, uh, t- cattle prods. Kidding me. And, and they, would, they would prod the women with these things. Listen, in some ways, I think we're regressing as a society. But after hearing this, maybe we have advanced some. Good Lord. Can you imagine a business doing that today? They'd be shut down in 15 minutes. I'll give you one more and then I'll post this for all my fellow weirdos. I'll post this up on Facebook. There was another attraction at Coney Island called Fighting the Flames. And here's what it was. They had a building that they would set on fire and then real New York firefighters would go in and fight the fire. That was the attraction fighting the, you know, I, I, I paid a couple of bucks to see that, you know, I bet the firefighters also got training. They probably use different companies from around the city, right? 
I don't know about that. I mean, I just know, I'm sure, sure. That the firemen rotate it through, but yeah. they would, you would buy your ticket and you would sit down. This was after right. you had your skirt blown up and some small clown cattle prod at you to, <laughs> to make you scream. Then you would grab a seat and some popcorn and they would set a building on fire and then you would watch the firefighters put it out. Simpler times. That is what it is. There was there was an old building near where uh, my old house was, and uh, it was everybody's seen these, you know, just dilapidated. It had been abandoned years ago. And there was a sign outside that said um, a fire was going to be happening and the fire department is going to be there. And I knew when that was going to happen. And I pulled across the street and watched that because a a house on fire is an amazingly scary thing. And to watch those guys work was fascinating. I could see with all of the fire departments in New York City that they could set up a deal where there would be some old rundown building in Coney Island and they're going to set it on fire for training and then charge to watch. It's brilliant. Back in the day, man. Back in the day. And hundreds, sometimes thousands of people will participate in these crazy like thrill rides and burning buildings and blowhole theater. And we'll get it all posted up on the Bob and Sherry Facebook. This is Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. On the current Oddcast, our producer, Doc, revealed that he'd never been trick-or-treating. Was it for religious reasons? Nope. You're not going to believe why. You gotta hear this. The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. I have something that is about the worst homeowners association that you have ever heard of in your life. That's going to be in just a moment, but I very briefly want to mention that I was watching White Locust with uh, Mary on TV. I forget which one of the platforms, but uh, she's been watching it. HBO Max. And so I sat down and it was a new episode. So I was, you know, I kind of know what it's all about. And you know what jumped out at me? Uh, You know who was in it? Michael uh, Imperioli from The Sopranos. Christopher from The Sopranos, yeah. Was in it. And I have not seen him in anything in several years. Last thing I saw him in was, I think, a liquor ad. And that was like five or six years ago. He's filled out a little. He still looks great. His hair is a little greater, grayer, and uh, he's still a terrific actor. And I don't know. It was just, even though he played a real punk, you kind of liked him in a way. And I was glad to see Michael's face on something else. Do you, do you I, watch that? Do you watch that? I uh, loved the first season of White Lotus so much. I couldn't believe how great it was. So, yeah, yeah. of course, I'm, I'm watching this one. And I saw, um, because I was so hooked on the first season, when I saw they were making a second season that he was cast, yeah. I was like, that's, that's perfect. Because yeah. I haven't seen him on, in anything in a while. I know. And he I needs know. to be. He's too he good. He does. Yeah. He's a terrific actor. All right. This is the worst homeowners association ever. Uh, this uh, homeowner got this letter. Dear homeowner, it has come to our attention. Residents have complained that the potted plants outside of your porch are not real. They are decoration. This will reflect extremely poorly to our houses and other constituencies in the area who have real plants who might wish to sell their home one day and buyers could be running away when they see your fake plants. Earlier this week, myself and 14 other neighbors, including the state environment official, 
have held a group meeting to discuss the appropriate action necessary to solve this issue. As of this writing, we have decided to grant you two days to remove the selected plants from your porch. This is so poorly written, by the way. If you choose not to correspond, there might be an official action taken that will include the police called to write a lawsuit or the flowery being, whatever that is, th these people just cannot write, removed and discarded quite immediately. You must, within two days, act. Note, we have chosen to make this letter anonymous to protect our legal rights and to grant you the same legal opportunities. Are you kidding? From the street, you can tell that that ivy is fake. You have got to be kidding me. I was having a spirited conversation with one of my family members, and they said, listen, autocracy can never happen here. And I said, have you ever lived in a neighborhood with a homeowners association? Yeah, it's true. You have, you have people all around you that would like nothing better than to choke you of all freedoms and liberties. And this is a great example of that. We, we have a, a homeowners association and it's run by a professional group and uh, it's very strict. And I believe in most of what they're saying. But every once in a while, you get somebody that just has a bee in their bonnet. And I have noticed, because they'll post online uh, on, at, on, on a neighborhood uh, website, they'll post online these long tirades about whatever it may be. Somebody's teenage son is burning up the road every day or whatever. And I have noticed that many of them are retired people, women and men, who seem to be executives with not a lot to do. And they, they really know how to run an organization, but they got no organization to run right now. So they switched to doing this. I get the whole thing about you can't paint your house orange. And I get the whole thing about you can't park three cars in the front yard. Okay. But the idea that there's a plastic house plant or two on your porch, come on. I don't, I, I have no, who are these people that have the luxury of minding other people's business so aggressively? I, know, I can't mind my own business. That kind like of they're, time. They're, I don't have enough time to get my own business under control. I have right, no idea right. what my neighbors are up to. None. The, the, res, the response is the only solution is filling your lawn with real dead plants. There'll be nothing plastic then. And speaking of plastic, do you know, I just read this the other day, there are more plastic flamingos in the United States than real ones. Way more. <laughs> Way more. It's Bob and Sherry. Do you like fun? If yes, then visit bobandsherry.com. Our new, improved, and easier-to-navigate website featuring our guest bloggers. Hi, I'm Carrie Green. Join me every Wednesday for Mom Outnumbered as I brave the minefield of raising a family while maintaining a sense of humor, and I attempt to make it through at least mostly unscathed. Oh, it's great. It's this website that's got, like, everything. bobandsherry.com. Hi, this is Allison Steller. Join me every Monday in the Zen Den as I 
I navigate the peaks and valleys of this crazy journey called life. It appears that the website has become alive. Hey, it's the People's Movie Critic. Check out my reviews at BobandSherry.com. Their website is so easy. BobandSherry.com. And all the Bob and Sherry podcasts, including the oddcast and fun size. I probably have to go shopping now. And you can just hit shop for the Bob and Sherry store for Cooking with Cats, the mother of all mothers merchandise, and the other Bob and Sherry stuff. Website. The website. It's new and improved. The Bob and Sherry website. BobandSherry.com. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. All right, let's go to Kyle right now. Hey, Kyle. Hey, how you doing, Bob? All right, how are you? You were in the Army, huh? Yes, sir. And and tell us about your uh, most vivid recollection of your service. Uh, okay, well, uh, I was in 07 of Afghanistan, uh-huh. and uh, we were, me and 14 of my other guys were stationed out of the observation post, and I got up one morning, went to go use the latrine, and uh, got a knock on the door before I even got started, so that we had to go on a presence patrol uh, within 30 minutes, so I got out, and I went and talked to the lieutenant, said, hey, sir, you know, what's the deal? I, I need to use the restroom. He's like, oh, we'll be out for an hour. We'll be right back. And so I go on this patrol, and sure, sure enough, we get done with an hour, get ready to head back. We start making our trip back to base, and we get a distress call that these three people are pinned down and they need to be rescued and pulled out. Mm-hmm. Well, they happen to be three hours away from us, so mm. we take off driving and got this rush of adrenaline and totally forgot about the fact that I had to go to the bathroom because mm-hmm. we think we're driving into a fight. We get there, and there was no one to fight. They all ran away, and we ended up getting these guys out, and they're they're pretty shot up, pretty wounded, so we had to rush back to base to get them taken out of there. And yes. Well, they, they had a vehicle that was armored, and uh, it was damaged, and we had to blow it up so that the enemy can't get any resources from it. Mm-hmm. We kind of figured this out, and I come over the radio and said, hey, sir, we, you know, why don't we use the AT-4? It's, a, it's an anti-tank rocket launcher. And I said, oh, yeah, good idea. He gets it out, and we get the, the lowest-ranking guy that's private to shoot it and tell him, hey, better not miss. And he, he goes to shoot the first one. It's a dud and doesn't fire. The second one, he hits it. Well, it ends up going all the way through it and blowing up and behind the mountain. So that was a waste. So then we decide we're going to let it light it on fire. We use a thermal grenade. We put it on top. We pop it, and it burns all the way through the bottom of it and rolls out from underneath it. So we're trying to figure this out. We come to this grand idea that we're going to take the dud AT, the rocket launcher, pull a grenade, put it down the tube, throw it in the cab of the truck, and then run away. This is the idea that we come to. So all I can think about is that you haven't gone to the bathroom, Kyle. I'm just, I'm just being honest here. Can I get your back? <laughs> Thank I've been, you. I've been waiting. Wait, I, and and did you oh, go? Yeah. No, can, it was a long day. You were holding it that whole time. You were holding it. Yeah. I'm right. holding it the whole time. It, I, and I have forgotten about it because all this adrenaline comes in my system because you think you're going to go get in a fight. And and we're rescuing these guys and we're doing first aid. We're trying to figure out how to blow this truck up. It was you know it, was, it wasn't hectic. It was organized, but then again, you have all this adrenaline, and I just totally forgot about it. Like, you don't feel it at all. You're a different you're a different man because um, I can see the look on Bob's face. Here's what Bob's thinking: even if I didn't have to go, I'd have probably myself. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> hey Kyle, I've traveled with Sherry on the road. That eight hour deal would have turned into three to four days. Oh, there's no question. There's no question. So what happened, Kyle? Okay, so it ends up there's these, the lowest-ranking guy and, an, and a non-commissioned officer go up to the truck, and they're going to do this. Now, they're wrapped in full body armor, so he's, okay, on the three, we're going to pull the pin. Okay, 
one, two, three, pulls the pin, they throw it in, they take off running. And all of us are watching this, and one of us has a video camera on it because this is going to be funny. And the NCO ends up tripping and falling, like, not five feet from the vehicle. No. And the, the lowest-ranking guy is running, and he, he reaches down with his hands like he's going to pick him up, but his feet just keep running. And he totally leaves them. And so the, the NCO gets up, runs, and he jumps, and the truck blows up, and it's destroyed, and he... He's grabbing on the pipe. Why did you leave me? And I'm just trying to say it the way he said it. Sergeant, I can't help it. My upper body was saying, save the sergeant, but my legs were saying, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we load up, and we don't have any room in the trucks. It's just a four-seater truck, and I'm a gunner. I stand out mm-hmm. outside of the truck. So the only way to transport these wounded guys is I have to spread my legs, and he lays in the truck underneath my legs. I get to the tenant, and we got a three-and-a-half-hour drive back home, and we have an intercom system we're driving, and, it, and these guys don't speak English very well. And on these three hours, that adrenaline starts coming down, and I get the extreme pain in my stomach, and I have to go to the bathroom now, but we cannot stop because these guys are wounded. Oh, my God, So Kyle. for three-and-a-half hours, I'm struggling, and every single bump in this truck, oh, I'm Kyle, the horror of war. Kyle, yeah. the things that we ask of our soldiers. Oh, man. You know okay. what? Every sergeant, you know what they should do? They should say, all right, who's got to go See if before there were, they go out there? Who's got to go? If your CO was a mom, <laughs> I'd be like, all right, everybody, quick, run to the bathroom. I don't know when we're going again. Kyle, yeah. so you got this guy between your legs and your those bumps and oh, up and God. down. And yeah. so wh- how did it turn out? It turned out bad for me. I um, oh, no, I parted this guy's face, and then oh, on the way no, home, now no, it's late no, at night. No, we end yeah. up getting in another firefight no. at night on the way home. No. So uh, we're returning fire, and I ended up my weapon actually ended up breaking, and we were really close to base. So we said, "Let's just push through and get these guys out of here." So we pushed through. What happened was the enemy ended up following us. And so as we came into our little compound, they started attacking our compound. So we're, once again, I got all this adrenaline, and I'm running through, and my uh, my LT says, hey, get that weapon fixed and get it on the roof. I'm trying to fix this weapon. I get it fixed, and I'm, I'm carrying it down the hallway, and then all of a sudden it just hits me like this uncontrollable urge. What an unspeakable horror. Mm-hmm. Kyle, you are amazing. Yep. Well, oh, thank you. Well done, and thank a story you, well told. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. It's the motto of the United States of America. With all the political wrangling of our sometimes messy democratic system of government, there is one thing that we can agree on. We are Americans. Except Native Americans, we all came from somewhere else, be it Europe or Asia or Africa or South America. We all came here and have the opportunity for something better. And despite our flaws as a country, in America, you still have the freedom to dream. And though we may look different, we have one thread in common, the thread that holds us together. We are Americans. Out of many, one. E pluribus unum. Thanks for listening to Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app.
So y'all know I love to cook. I'm a big cook. And this time of the year, um, my inbox fills up with all these different food websites and blogs and stuff that I follow. My, in, my, my uh, inbox fills up with holiday recipes and holiday baking. And I had an article that I actually read and clicked on about vanilla extract. And the headline is what got me. Why is real vanilla so expensive? Well, of course, it's because real vanilla comes from a vanilla pod um, that grows on a tree and the pods have to be cured and, and, and then put in alcohol. And it's really, really elaborate and involved to get 100% pure vanilla extract. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, you know. Okay. And it is more expensive like everything else right now. It's way more expensive. And so then it went on to say like, you know, you can make some vanilla extract at home and you can use artificial vanilla, but, you know, it can be kind of gross and have a weird off taste. And artificial vanilla extract is called imitation. And the reason they call it imitation is because there's absolutely no actual vanilla seed in it. I was like, okay, that's interesting. And, and it, it's, it can be made with like cloves and wood pulp. And I was like, wow, wood pulp. That's interesting. And then um, I got to the next line and it says, imitation vanilla is often also made from castoreum, which is excreted by beavers. And I thought to myself, okay, you've misread that line. <laughs> Go back a sentence. And so I read it again. Imitation vanilla is often made from castoreum, which is excreted by beavers. So castoreum or castoreum, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, um, is a substance that is secreted by a gland right adjacent to the beaver's buttocks. And the point of this conversation wow. is not to say, ooh, that's gross, but who was the brave fur trapper back in the early days of the USA who discovered that if he squeezed a beaver's bottom, something tasty was available to him to add to his you, oatmeal. You sound like... You know, you sound like my father after a couple of beers. He would say something like, did you ever think about who, you know, who the bravest man in the world was? That was the man that ate the first oyster. <laughs> and it's true. If you look at an oyster and then you open it up, it's disgusting looking for most people. And yet they're right, delicious so, for many of us. So it's the same so question. Thing. Question. You're a wilderness man, Bob. You're out there. You're settling the great country, westward ho. And um, you're hungry. And we got a couple of choices here. We have this oyster, which we crack it open, and there's some gray goo in there. And we have that beaver's rectum. <laughs> I I'm, I'm going for the oyster. <laughs> You're going for the oyster. I'm, I'm, I'm going for the oyster. I'm going for the raccoon's ear. I'm not eating that. How and in the, the way, world? Uh -huh, by the yeah. way, I'm going to send you something right now. I took a little picture. We have a uh -huh. monitor set up between us. So I can uh -huh. see what's going on in her studio, and she can see me and what's mm -hmm. going on sure in my can. studio. Yeah. So I'm going to send you a picture right now to Sherry. And this was what I was looking at today. Oh, gosh. Was it Larry Munson? Here comes. Take a look. Let it was look. right in my face today. <laughs> We have to post that for people to see what I put up with here. Larry Munson. Is that Larry Munson? That's Larry Munson. 
got in front of the camera and for a minute blocked the camera. And I'm, I'm going, I'm waiting on this. And I got my phone out and then turned his butt to the camera straight on. And instead of seeing you, I was looking at that for like two minutes. Who, who has a job like this? This is the greatest photo that I've ever seen. Because I mean, it's a tight here's shot. What, here's what you can see. There's Larry Munson's tail is up. So you're getting the full moon, right? The full moon. And you thing. see me with my headphones on listening. And then in the bottom right corner, you it's see big. Bob. It's big. You see Bob reacting to Larry <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna send it to Max. Wait, 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 wait. This just makes this makes my point. Excuse me, but who was the brave person that looked at a beaver's ass and thought, bet that'd be good in a pumpkin pie? <laughs> like who Yeah. I, I mean that's what I, I don't know why I forgot about it. I meant to send it to you a little bit early. Tell me when you get the uh, the picture. I we will. need to post this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's sherry's head cats right in your face and then me down in the little corner we we have to send that out so people can see what i have to put up we'll post that up on facebook right now <laughs> we'll put that off right yeah. now right. it's bob and sherry this is just for you guys i stumbled across this these are the seven qualities that women find most attractive in a man. Let's see if you have all seven of these. And if not, which ones you need to work at. Ready? Number one, quiet confidence beats boasting. It's very oh, yeah, desirable. Obviously. Yes. Very desirable. And confidence obviously. gives you three things that being a boaster and a dominant personality doesn't. It gives mm -hmm. you the appearance of having class, of having right. manners, and mm -hmm. an air of mystery, quiet confidence. Number two, kindness. There are men who perceive kindness as a weakness, and you know they they're determined to not be taken advantage of. But That's women true. perceive kindness. Um, it, it just says everything to women. It says that she's going to be safe with you that you are going to be a reliable and trustworthy person, that you care about others and the world, mm -hmm. and that is really sexy. Mm -hmm. Number three, vulnerability. Now, 75% of men associate being manly with strength, and 58% of men believe that they're not ever supposed to show any weakness. But the reality is, is that women love when you show some vulnerability, which doesn't mean like don't burst into tears if you get sweet potato fries. I was going by to say, okay? yeah, because that's a long way from quiet confidence. But I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, you know, don't don't become overwrought if your team loses a game. But definitely, you know, be be open about things you've experienced in life. You know, and be vulnerable. Women love that. Here's the next one laughter. You don't have to be a funny guy, but you have to be someone who knows how to laugh and have fun. Not I heard every guy years is ago, going to be a stand-up comedian. 
Yeah, right. I heard years ago from uh, somebody who's in programming in radio, and you know, I've always fought these guys, but I think this person was right. He said, "I think what women really like to listen to in radio, when you know, it's a show like ours, it's not so much funny as it is fun. They they don't like that somebody is being made fun of as much as they like." Oh, that sounds like a fun thing to say, or oh, that that was uh, a fun thing that they did. Funny is different than just um, laughter or just fun. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, that's it's interesting because this article said that women like affiliative humor, the kind mm-hmm. of humor that brings you together. They don't like aggressive humor. Like you could be a really yeah. funny guy, but if the joke is at her expense, always she's right. not going to love that. But right. if the two of you can laugh together, that is exactly. a bonding. That's like a powerful glue. The next yeah. thing that women find absolutely irresistible is integrity. Because women associate integrity with strength. Um, strength doesn't mean for us how many push-ups you can do or how you know big of a set of weights you can lift. Mm-hmm. Integrity means you have the strength inside to do what you know is the right thing to do, even if it's hard, even if it's kind of a bummer. Women I love that. I can see that. Yes. Okay, so we have two more to go. Humility and self-awareness. Now, some guys think humility is a sign of weakness, but no, humility is... Not I at mean, all. Not at all. Humility is being, you know, just like... Human. Human and, and keeping, you know, you're honest about who you are. You don't, you're not, your ego isn't so fragile that you don't need to constantly puff yourself up and do be self-aware. And finally, um, this is the last thing that, the last quality that men can have that women find irresistible. And that is a growth mindset. What do you think about that? To be able to uh, change one's mind and uh, learn anew and, and to just approach become life a more that interesting way. person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To approach life that way with a growth mindset that, you know, every day isn't going to be easy or perfect, but every day is going to bring something that you can use. You, you know? know, some of these, when you, when you think about them, some of these like vulnerable and integrity for women, I think it's even more important than for men because from the time they're very, fairly young, women are conned. They're conned by men and by other women in a variety of ways. You know, there are guys in a bar. They're going to try to scam you. Oh, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm single. Yeah, we, my wife and I, we're, we, we broke. And, the, you know, he's going back to his wife. They're used to being conned. So if somebody has integrity, that is extra important, I think, to a woman. Well, these are all, if you, as a guy, um, if you can embody these... I mean, women are going to be following you around like you're made out of catnip or something because these are the seven things that women are looking for. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, you can upgrade your mixology game with Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend, just go to BobandSherry.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And hit the contest tab. And hit the contest tab. And it's the perfect holiday gift. Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes with Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app.
I stumbled upon this article about things that tick people off in public transit. And I don't want to go through all of them. I mean, some of them are kind of, you know, obvious, noisy children, man spreaders, guys who insist on taking up room by spreading their legs in public transit when buses or trains, you know, are late or don't show up at all. But the, the number one I want to talk about for a sec- for a second here. These are public transport commuter uh, annoyances. Number one is people talking loudly on their phone in a public space. You know, yeah. I, I, I've been around enough to remember before cell phones. And I know that p- there was a learning curve we all had to have. I remember when everybody had a ringtone that was like their favorite song. Or they had a ringtone for their mother-in-law that was dun, 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 dun. You know, everybody did that. And eventually, I think most people just use regular sounds that are, uh, you know, available on the phone. And there was a time, especially with Bluetooth, where people were talking very loudly into their phones. Or even without Bluetooth. They just, they had, you know, you're in line at the burrito joint. And there's like four people in front of you. And there's a guy right in front of you going, right. I told them that I told them that if uh, we had a meeting on that and if they can't come through and get their logistics straight, I don't know where we're going to go with it. And I'm just thinking, buddy, it's so loud. I've been talking with this woman for hours. It's Friday and I've, I've talked for hours and hours and hours. I just want the burrito and I don't want to hear much of anything. And I am now in your meeting with this guy, do you not realize that that microphone is a half an inch from your dirty mouth? It's a half an inch. All you have to do is talk like this and your friend that you're talking to or your business associate can hear you. But, and I figured sooner or later, that'll go away. People will get hip. How does it work? And most have. But you'll get them sometimes in a public place, and it's mind-blowing. I I was waiting for a a flight over the summer coming back from, I think, Maine. And um, this guy sitting like two seats down in the waiting area went through that. Well, we got to get together because we're just not not on the same page with this. And it went on for – I had to stand up and leave and go to another section to, uh, to be able to wait. What is it with people who do that? Are, are they, they rude? They are are they not aware? There's no self-awareness? They don't realize. I think what happens, and you, you see this, you do it yourself too, and you don't mean to. If you're having a hard time hearing the person on the other phone, other end of the call, maybe they have a bad connection or whatever, mm-hmm. you start talking more loudly because you can't hear them. Maybe. Maybe <clears> so. You assume maybe that's they human nature. You. I'm trying yeah. to give people a break by, by thinking that that's a possibility because... Um, generally, I just think you are a rude, ignorant dope. Uh, you know what I that. wish? I wish that if people are going to have loud um, mobile conversations, that they uh-huh. were about more interesting things than circling back around because we all need to get on the same page with this client or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. Can we, not, can we not get some real nitty gritty personal stuff going on? If I have to listen to it, can it be better? Yeah, something like, well, I'm really sorry I walked in on Ken and your mother. You know, I mean, oh, I want to hear something a little juicy. Hang on. Uh, hold, hold that, stranger. I'm going to go get a refill on my iced tea. Hang on. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah, that I want to hear. Yeah, could you put that on speakerphone, please? <laughs> that I want to yeah. hear. 
It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.